Hi, I'm John Freitag. I'm with All American Hospice, and I'm here with Jim Turner. He's the owner of Interim Healthcare. And um, Jim, how did you how did you get into healthcare? How did you get into owning your own business? Well, let's see. I, I, I made most of the start out out of college. I joined a big corporation. I, I joined the Abbott Labs, the Ross Lab division, and began selling medical nutritional products. Um, and that brought me very close to the home infusion business, where we were selling into a lot of uh, mom and pops. And I, I was recruited by a startup then, um, about eight years into the company, but still a new industry, a company called Caremark Home Healthcare of America, which was an outstanding uh, organization, very value oriented. And it taught me a lot about how to uh, uh, add value to the service model in healthcare. Uh, after That's a big Caremark, thing though, adding value, like, right? I mean, what's, what's the point if you're not gonna bring value to a person, they're not gonna wanna listen to you, they're not going to, want to hear what your product does, right? So it needs to be more than just, here it is. Absolutely. And, and I could never just do something to, to, to make a buck. Uh, I'm just not built that way. It's not how I was raised. Uh, so it, it was gratifying. It was quite, quite, uh, quite impressive to see how Caremark worked and what they did to, to add value to the process. Uh, and, and by doing so, they, they uh, created an, an incredible um, uh, market share in a rapidly growing uh, uh, business such as the Home infusion, what we call then is the high tech infusion. Uh, and uh, to the point where Baxter Healthcare came and bought us out. And uh, rather than taking Baxter's name in the business of Travicare, uh, Baxter maintained Caremark's name. Uh, and uh, that's actually why it exists today under Caremark, you see, uh, with uh, CVS. It's the same Caremark entity. Okay. Baxter spun them off, uh, yeah. spun Caremark off uh, when it realized that the the hospitals were competing more and more in the home care business. Uh, so it was uh, counterproductive for them to have competing entities in some of the major markets. And, and yeah, and we've seen how that, how that went. They're pretty much just have their own, you know, home care, it's a continuum of care. A, a, absolutely. Um, so so a, after uh, Caremark was spun off, uh, I ended up um, staying in the infusion business. We started a, a couple of companies. The last business I started was called InfuScience, and, uh, uh, we grew that to about $70 million, and that, that was brought up by another company. And I was done uh, done with the corporate thing at that point, and I wanted to stay close at home. My kids were in college. My one son was playing college baseball. And my last year in the corporate world, I uh, I got to see one out of 60 games. Wow. So uh, and that's when I uh, bought this franchise and learned what it was to be a, a small businessman. That's and great. And, and you get to have a better work-life balance and everything too. So absolutely. absolutely. And now you work with your son. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, actually, both my boys work for me now. Oh wow. Uh, JJ is a telemed um, um, and a business development rep, and my youngest son just got out of uh, Temple with a degree in psychology. And he's a patient advocate. That's great. Uh, we use a patient advocate to just help folks um, get into the, the the rhythm of ultimate psych care, and uh, as a resource for stuff that's not so clinical but maybe still quality of life oriented. Uh, and uh, Scott, for example, will work with our telemed folks and get them up and running on the portal and understand how to use it and uh, also interact with the community. So for someone who's never worked with telemedicine, um, how, do, how does it work? Could you, uh, could you give us like a breakdown of it? Um, as, as a few of my doctor friends who really created these programs would be quick to point out, telemedicine has been around uh, since the telephone existed. Uh, I mean, we, we've all called doctors on call, and you know that, that, that's always been an element to the program. 
but up until probably 20 some years ago, it really wasn't a dedicated technological part of uh, the care consumer. So the docs were just taking your call, you give them some symptoms, they tell you what to do, and they weren't billing for it or anything like that. Exactly. There was no way to, uh, to, to, to bill for that. Uh, the, the U.S. military got involved first with telemedicine with radiology uh, and um, uh, sharing um, that sort of technology um, for, for their own use across uh, military providers. And then over the last, really last 10 years or, or so, um, the, the current technology has, has come before where you see Teladoc um, and, and the likes, um, where you've seen, I, I guess, mostly payer-based initiatives. I mean, Teladoc is, uh, their CEO is the ex-CEO of Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, and when he created Teladoc, he created a model for payers um, to sub out, or excuse me, for uh, self-insured employers to access and keep their employees um, uh, more well and more able to work, whether from the home or, or from the office. So the the, the uh, teledoc model is a licensed doctor in any state, as long as you're in that state, as you from your state. Um, and um, you you call the doctor, they go through some background questions, and you get a diagnosis. The doctor can write a script for many things, uh, not for anything of a of a. Uh, 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 Opioid or so no narcotics, right? Okay. Narcotics, but just anything else for for certain elements, and it's really taken off. It's it, it's quite a, a convenience, certainly for uh, the, uh, those employers and their employees. Uh, uh, we have some folks in our in our home healthcare community here who I've spoken to who have used those sort of um, uh, programs for for their families. Yeah, and Jim, could you tell us a little bit of how how far it's come? I know there's there hasn't. There's been a little bit of reluctancy to use it, but there's been so much so much advancement in the uh, the technologies, uh, like we talked about, um, from going from a telephone to now you have all this specialized equipment in someone's home for a doctor to be able to monitor them. Absolutely, uh, you 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 have an entire um, spectrum of of opportunity to get involved with telemedicine, starting with just the simple teledoc thing, and that would be. Uh, something you can make available to your patients at home and, and just help them to avail to, to access that sort of a, a, a platform. Uh, or, or you could work with a uh, specialty company like SmartCare.com, company I've worked with uh, in the past, to provide services that include medical devices in the home where you can listen to the heart, you can look at, you can use a, a light pen to take a picture of a of an ear, nose, and throat issue. You can look at you know, any 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 point on the body. Uh, you can take a picture and send it to to another uh, uh, another lab, another physician. Uh, th these options are, are continuing to expand. Um, as anything digital can be attached to the computer, you're going to see that happen. There's GE has built a um, um, oh, a uh, ultrasound machine. That's wow! Built. And can yeah so. And you're talking about stethoscopes and things like that. They could have. There's a stethoscope. There's, a, there's any number of devices. Again, as long as it can be digitally programmed, it can go through the system. Uh, it, it takes a little bit to do it, but you're going to have to, you know, it, it, it's uh, certainly worth it for the benefit of the uh, patient. Sure. And I know a lot of home care companies are utilizing it for uh, to decrease return to hospitalizations and things like that, right? Absolutely. With, with the uh, COVID-19 uh uh, actions taken. You're, you're also seeing doctors now whose reluctance was pretty significant 
mostly due to lack of reimbursement. It's terrible to say, but it is in fact. Right. That's certainly given it a shot in the arm, right? So, so people are now doing a lot more telemedicine. We have folks now that uh, are, are calling us up and saying that they want to do it. I've been speaking to them for three years about it. Oh, no, hey, we'll get to it. Now, if, can you be here yesterday? So that's kind of a chuckle. Uh, but it is it, the, the COVID-19 crisis has simply shed light on the fact that um, this sort of uh, access is, it, it is critical for people that either don't want to get around in the alternate site or they cannot get around. Right, and this this model really does fit the bill for that in terms of uh, patients that uh, are, are reticent to leave their home. So they're, they're, they're worried uh, that they're going to be exposed. So bringing one person in with a device and, and with a setup to be able to see their doctor, and they can see their primary care doc, they can see a specialist, they can see a dermatologist, whoever they would like to see, as long as we have consent from the doctor on the other end, right. and we'll get them set up. It's a shame that it took a pandemic for this to to uh, to all come together, but I mean, because there's always been a need of you know patients who are homebound who need to see a doctor aren't able to get out. Um, this certainly takes the strain off of them and their families to get them to a doctor's office. Um, sometimes absolutely. it's absolutely, and, and and the pandemic uh, influence is it, it is wild, but it it comes in the face of uh, you know our our. Uh, I mean, this came from CMS. Not always known for making uh, uh, quick or uh, efficacious decisions. In this case, they did. They did the right thing. Uh, certainly, they're not reimbursing for technology, but that's fine. They're, they're reimbursing for the process and the docs to actually make this happen. So we have a patient basis. Yeah, it's been amazing how fast they can move now. And I think it was uh, Seema Verma from CMS who said, "Now the genie's out of the bottle, right?" So yeah, yeah. And, and let's see what happens next. One of the things that uh, um, I, I think is most important is that when you do get involved with telemed, that you um, make it as easy as possible for the consumer because they're, they're the last line now. And, and honestly, it's been impressive to see how folks have, been, um, ha have, have picked it up and embraced it uh, as uh, they've been faced with the option. Now, patients too have been reticent, and now they are opening more and more because their doctors are. Uh, I, I have a, a patient in Philadelphia we've seen four times in the last four weeks to get through a, a specific incident that uh, her doctor had no desire to get involved with telemedicine up until six weeks ago. Yeah. And then I got that text, hey, Jim. Right. right. Yeah, so now the docs are more on board. The patients are more on board. Um, is there any other hurdles that you need to get over? Anything else to really uh, get telemedicine into the mainstream? I, I think that uh, payers still need to take a look at it and embrace, okay, how are we going to reimburse for the, uh, for the technological aspect of it? Uh, if, if, if I enable a physician to make a connection to his or her patient, uh, then as a home health provider, I should be able to, to get some sort of small reimbursement for this. Uh, currently, we're not charging anyone for it. We're using it as a loss leader, uh, and I'm happy to do that because, quite honestly, it's a lot of fun to use. Uh, I think it's a, it, it's an appropriate augmentation to the uh, to the home health product. That's an important po uh, point, Jim. And I actually haven't read much about it. I've seen that doctors now getting reimbursed for like telephone visits and for telemedicine visits, but I didn't think about the provider such as yourself. Right. So have they have they made any advancements in legislation or just payer changes? 
No, we've had some private payers acknowledge that, that it's an issue that should be addressed. But like so many, they'll address it when they have to. At this point, they don't have to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I remember when I was at Caremark, and Caremark came up with a tremendous uh, idea to pay physicians for their cognitive labor for oversight of uh, patients at home. An ID, uh, um, an ID physician, for example, spends maybe an, an hour or an hour and a half per week per patient uh, managing their labs in the alternate site. And they don't get any compensation for that whatsoever. Uh, we, we came up with a time management program, took it to a big payer in Harrisburg and said, uh, how about you, you reimburse doctors at this level for the cognitive uh, labor? And the director of contracting, I was with an ID doctor at the time, actually, where I was the general manager at Caremark out there. And um, the guy closed the door and he said, you know what? We're not going to do that. And he looked right at the doctor and he said, you know why, Ernie? He said, because you're going to do it anyway. You're going to take care of that patient regardless of whether I pay you or not. Right. And he was absolutely right. It was a very educated, that was an illuminating day for me, a very disappointing day. As, but you know that's unfortunately how the how the pair mechanism works. Right. When they're forced, as CMS was forced with an imperative to make a decision uh, recently, they made the right decision. And I and think. Quick. Pardon me. And a quick decision. Yes. Yes. And again, that's that's not their hallmark. So right. kudos to CMS for moving forward like that. Right. That's a shame. Um, so how could how could someone who uh, how could someone learn more about telemedicine, or how could they get more involved? Please have them give me a call. Uh, I, I'm working with a telemed distribution company right now to try to set that up and make it more available to, to more players. Uh, and um, working with uh, uh, one doctor's group out of Maine right now uh, who built a, a patient web portal that I think is uh, quite impressive that we're, we use in, in our practice for any patient who would, um, who would like that access. Yeah. All they need to do is reach out to me. I would love to uh, direct them in, in, in the best possible way. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think it's really important, especially for physicians with large practices, that they're able to reach all their patients. It's easier for them. It's easier for the patients. Think about it, John. Rather than going to, and I'm not putting down teledoc, these are great convenient tools, but rather going to uh, any random doctor to talk about uh, your headaches, or your runny nose, or, or, or whatnot, being able to get your own doctor on that, particularly if you're dealing with a child, get your get the, the pediatrician on that, who knows the background, who understands that individual. To me, that's that just seems like it makes more sense if you're going to have a telemedicine visit that you're paying fifty dollars for, because a lot of the fees do come out of the patient's pocket on the on the provider side. Even though they'll allow it to happen, they're expecting that um, basically to come out as a copay. Okay. Yeah, and you. You get that continuity. You're having the doctor who you've been seeing. You know, you're not seeing the you know the doc over at uh, the urgent care. Absolutely, it's so a, a great point. Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. So uh, I I think we're we're, we're going to see this continue to expand and to grow at a healthy rate, uh, and the utilization will become a a a, um, a standard of the care continuum for all of us. And so our kids going forward, they're going to know telemedicine as though it never uh, it, it never wasn't a part of the picture. Right, as if it was always there. And that's that's what I wanted to ask you. Like, what do you think about going forward? Do you think it'll just become more of a, more of a staple? Do you think- Absolutely. That, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think like so many things, you'll, uh, you'll see the, the pendulum swing one way and go a little too far and then swing back and find its balance. Because uh, it's certainly the kind of thing, it will never ever replace hands-on and face-to-face -face care. 
but it's it, it, in the right position, it, it augments the care plan beautifully. So, yep. yeah, we'll see perhaps, you know, maybe a little overutilization if, if doctors get too comfortable with it, which we've seen before. Uh, but I think you'll see it come back to a, to, to a real solid uh, uh, tool. tool. Yeah, find a happy medium and, yeah. right, that's great. And um, with CMS moving so quickly to start utilizing it, when everything hopefully gets back to, a, you know, to normal, do you think they'll be just as quick to, to sort of try to shut it down? Or do you think now that it's, it's out there, it's... The doctors I work with believe that uh, they will make a uh, level-headed transition to just say, okay, you can do it, but please let's look at using something that's more HIPAA compliant and, uh, and encrypted. I mean, like, for example, the uh, Zoom meetings where you hear about people that are Zoom bombing or whatever it is, where they get into the meeting and uh, they're not supposed to be a part of it. Um, on the traditional Zoom um, box, I don't think that's going to happen. Or, or, or excuse me, I, I don't think that they'll continue to allow that to happen. Right. But um, Zoom has been quick to move and they have a Zoom medical model now as well. So folks can look at that. Sure. Okay, so it's just something with a little bit more encryption. I'd imagine, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it'll be interesting, interesting to watch, and uh, yeah. I can't wait to see what happens. Well, and I'll tell you what. Please also let folks know that we we are through the COVID nineteen crisis. Uh, we'll we'll provide telemed free of charge to anyone who would like to have it done for their client. Uh, we simply need the doc to to acknowledge that they'll do it, and we'll and we'll set both sides up. That's awesome. Thanks, Jim. And Jim, um, I'll touch base with you after the call, and we'll get all your contact info. And we'll, uh, we'll include it below so people can reach out to you if they have questions or they want to get set up. Thanks, John. Awesome. Thanks, Jim. Take care. Great, great talking with you. Thanks.